Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. Today's page is 384. While I didn't have the mayor's experience, I was a fair conversationalist myself. I was always careful with my answers, always courteous. After a few days, a mutual respect began to grow between us. Not a friendship such as I had with Count Thrape. The mayor never encouraged me to disregard his title or sit in his presence, but we were growing closer. While Thrape was a friend, the mayor was like a distant grandfather, kind but older, serious, and reserved. I got the impression the mayor was a lonely man, forced to remain aloof from his subjects and the members of his court. I almost suspected he might have sent to Thrape for a companion, someone clever but removed from the politics of court so we could have an honest conversation once in a while. At first I dismissed such an idea as unlikely, but the days continued to pass and still the mayor avoided any mention of what use he planned to put me to. If I'd had my loot, I could have passed the time pleasantly, but it still lay in Severinlow, seven days away from belonging to the pawn shop. So there was no music, just my echoing rooms and my damnable, useless idleness. As rumors about me spread, various members of the court came to visit. Some made a pretense of welcoming me. Others made a show of wanting to gossip. I even suspected there were a few attempts at seduction, but at that point in my life, I knew so little of women that I was immune to those games. One gentleman even tried to borrow money from me, and I was hard-pressed not to laugh in his face. They told different stories and used different degrees of subtlety, but they were all there for the same reason, to glean information from me. However, since I was under the mayor's instructions to be tight-lipped about myself, all the conversations were brief and unsatisfying. All but one, I should say. The exception proves the rule. That's the page and the chapter. This is Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I get it different sense of the mayor from the way Quoth describes him than from how we've seen him act and that might just be a side effect of the close reading certainly on previous reads I liked the mayor a lot more uh, and on this read I'm, I'm more inclined to critique the things he says but Quoth describing him as kind and uh, and getting close like like a, like a distant grandfather is not the sense I got of him from the previous pages that we've been reading oh I totally disagree oh yes you you disagree in that you agree with Quoth. Yeah, I think I think Quoth's read really is is how I've been feeling about this. Yeah, I, I'm aligned with Jordana on this one. I feel like I'm, as usual, inclined to take whatever Quoth says at face value and not interrogate it too much because he's right and I'm wrong. Wait, why are you wrong? Well, because if I disagree with Quoth, who is telling me the story and who knows best, then, you know, obviously I'm wrong. But you don't disagree with him, so then you're right. That's right. I am right. But if I did disagree with him, I'd be wrong. Scintillating content. Thank you. Bless you for this. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's that's us, Mr. Scintillating. I don't recall if we ever get a straight answer as to why the mayor is letting him stew like this. It might just be to get him used to the court and the people and the players. And it might also still be a test of his patience and his tight lipidness. I think it's also so that the mayor can draw out all these people who are coming to Quoth sniffing about and so the mayor can kind of see who is interested in this newcomer hmm. you know what i mean quoth is kind of a, a honeypot in that sense i guess so but it, it doesn't that doesn't meet like that doesn't advance his stated aim unless he has another aim that he's trying to achieve by having quoth around that doesn't advance what we know his his out his intention is which is to have quoth cyrano him with uh anti-mellowin well, the mayor strikes me as the kind of guy who's been around long enough that he might have more than one aim. He might be thinking, even if the Cyrano plot doesn't work out, at least Quoth will have gathered me valuable intelligence about who at court is looking for an angle. 
that I maybe didn't know about. Perhaps. Let's keep an eye out. Next chapter is uh, one of my favorites. I really like Brayden. I really like Tack. So uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, what's coming. So I'm happy to move on. Mm-hmm. A scant five minutes into the episode. My goodness, that was rather fast. Well, my note is on the very end of the page. And it's just, I don't really understand that last sentence. Oh, he's foreshadowing the next thing, right? He's saying, because the previous paragraph is saying, all of these people were coming to me because they wanted to get information from me and I kept my mouth shut. So all of these conversations I had were not satisfying, except for one. But what is the rule? The rule is that all conversations are boring and unsatisfying. And then there's the exception. And the exception says, okay, well, this was the one outlier. Therefore, my assertion that all the conversations are brief and unsatisfying is correct. Oh, I see. So because the exception is different, it proves that everything else is the rule. Yeah, it's a turn of phrase. It's an idiom. He's not like conjuring this from nowhere. This is something that people say in conversation. It's not too common, especially among our age group. But Yeah, I knew it was an idiom. I just... There are some idioms that I just don't get sometimes, and I thought it would be good to explain This is it. also one of those idioms that actually has gotten garbled over down the centuries, because it used to mean the opposite of what we take it to mean now. It used to mean, you know, it used to mean what Nick is saying that it means, which is like, this is the exception to this rule that proves that the rule itself is otherwise sound. What does it mean now, then? I've only ever understood it that way. Some people say it, and what they mean is, this is the exception that proves that the rule is dumb and bad. Huh. Yeah. Well, they're dumb and bad. That's correct. Oh, burn. (laughs) I feel like Foth is kind of a reader insert character in some ways on this page, because I imagine that a lot of us are thinking the same things he is. Like, why did the mayor call me here? What kind of relationship do we have? Maybe he just wants somebody to talk to. Why is he like keeping me hanging around without telling me what's really going on? You know, I feel like mm-hmm. those are the kinds of questions that we, the reader, are also asking. Yeah. This is a bit of a summary, right? We're going to change tax in the next chapter. So I think that this serves as a summary because to like help us gather our thoughts and uh, drive home the things that the reader needs to take away before we kind of start a new plot thread, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Rothfuss does this, I feel like he does this a fair bit when he's ending a chapter, is he takes the last couple of paragraphs to zoom us out a little bit and kind of wrap everything up and or put us in a situation for like a cliffhanger for what the next chapter is going to be. So we turn the page. I think I've talked about this before, but this was something that I started to notice when I was watching House of Cards and I got really annoyed by it, is that they end every scene with a plain text summary of what the scene was and what the the what viewer needs to take away so like if you're a dumb guy watching the smart guy show and you can't quite follow it they'll end the scene with a dumb guy summary for you and once i noticed it i couldn't unnotice it as a dumb guy i really appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) jordana anything to add only my last note Uh, and actually i've got i've got a bit of a, a thing uh, that is, I guess, a more extensive note based on the regular note. So the regular note being that this is the end of a chapter. Uh, this chapter was called Power, uh, referring to the discussion that the Marin Quoth have about power. But also, so the chapter previous to this is called Grace, and it makes sense that we have grace and power right next to each other because that those are two main themes in the Mayor's Court that are important. 
but also very, very close by, not the next chapter, but the next two chapters are courting and purpose. And I feel like if you take all those like single word chapter titles, you sort of get a quick wrap up of what's going on with grace, power, courting, and purpose. Yeah, I feel like these titles are a little more direct than they sometimes are. And that you're right, Jordana, we do have a sort of a, a summary, like, I know chapters are chapter titles are kind of meant to summarize what's going on, but it's true. You in in one word, these are like, here's what happened in this chapter. Here's the steps Kvothe is taking. I imagine it's difficult to pick a chapter title that does all that work in one word. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like it's it's less like a plot summary, more like a thematic summary of like here is what this chapter is kind of touching on thematically. But Jordana, as astute as your observation is, and as much as I agree with you. I regret to say that because you have violated the cardinal sin and you've looked ahead to something you know that happens later on in the book, we have to shoot you into space. That, that'll be hard for you, Jeremy, because due to COVID, you can't come over here. So I will violate quarantine to shoot me into space. Yeah, it doesn't matter, Jordana, because it's not like you're you know it's not like you're going to infect anybody up in space. So it's okay if Jeremy. Uh, I could infect Jeremy, and Jeremy could infect somebody else. Well, uh, it's it's a sacrifice we're going to have to make in order to shoot you into space. That's right. No. Maybe I'll just pull a Doctor Doom and shoot your entire building into space. You know what, Jeremy? You can shoot me into space because today I received my standee from 102.1 The Edge. You can shoot my standee into space. How's that? That's like shooting me into space. And it can't catch COVID and it can't give you COVID. That sounds like a good argument for making this standee into your replacement on this podcast and shooting you into space. It can't speak. <laughs> hmm. But I promise I will have it make an appearance at our next live stream. Live stream. Amazing. That's great. Uh, listeners. It's taller than I am. Tune into our live stream on uh, Sundays <laughs> at midday between one o'clock and four o'clock Eastern time. Usually. Sometimes, not every Sunday, just most Sundays when we figure our shit out. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. We'll let you know when the when the the live recordings are. They're a good time. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, which is at Page of the Wind. Also on Facebook uh, and Instagram at Page of the Wind. And you should do that. You should do it right now. Don't wait. Act now, now, now. Otherwise, Jeremy will shoot you into space. I know you have Twitter open right now, listener. So if you're on Twitter and you don't follow us, just go ahead and follow us or Instagram. If you have one of those apps open, unless you're driving, in which case, don't. No, if you're if you're driving, put your foot on the gas and follow us on Twitter. That's right. You can email us to tell us not to give bad driving advice at pageofthewind at gmail dot com. Yeah, do it now. Whatever you're doing, stop. We know you have your email open. So write pageofthewindow.gmail.com into your email and send us an email right now. Do it. We know you're shopping on uh, on Threadless and you should go to our Threadless page and buy buy yourself like a car decal. That's, that's a picture of us to put on your car at Threadless. Yeah, it's a real conversation starter. <laughs> so do it right now. We know you're shopping. Uh, and we know you want to look at well-designed websites. So you should look at our well-designed websites, which has links to all the stuff we just <laughs> talked about at pageofthewind.com. I wouldn't go as far as to call it well-designed. It is certainly a website. <laughs> Nick, don't sell yourself short. You built that thing with blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, I, I hacked a template together and I didn't do it well. So uh, it needs it needs another round of spit and tape. I mean, that's every website. Yeah. Websites are like a piece of art. They're never finished. 
I've never built any website, so as far as I'm concerned, the two of you are wizards, and I look forward to your fell workings on tomorrow's page. Um, the wind. wind.